Okay, guys, we're in Acts chapter 5. We're going to look at lesson 11 today. Last week we saw sin in the church and then the response to that. We're going to see now, uh, Luke, when he writes this, is going to talk about the church's impact a little bit more. But with that impact, it's going to draw a negative reaction. So here, I'm going to give you a principle. This is a principle of life. You need to understand it. This happens in churches This happens in your life. When God is at work, there is always two reactions. Okay? When God is at work, there are always two reactions. The first reaction is always a positive reaction. You're going to have people who are excited, people who want to join in, people who want to encourage you. There is always a positive reaction. Number two, there is always a negative reaction. Always, especially when God is at work, there will always be a negative reaction. Anybody know why? Anybody have any clue why there's always a negative reaction? Ah, Satan, that's right, that's right. Satan is always at work. Paul says in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers of the air. So there's always going to be a negative reaction. So have you ever been in a church and positive things are happening? Wonderful things are happening. God is moving in the church. And then there's some people that are still like, I can't believe they're doing that. What's the matter with them? Have you ever been in, and you're you're looking at it like, are we looking at the same thing? I mean, did, did, did somebody put nails in their Wheaties that day or something? What's going on, you know? And, and, and the reality is, is that there's always a negative reaction. We're going to see that today as we look at what's happening with this early church. There's always opposition. Always opposition, okay? So let's look together. First of all, we're going to look at verses 12 through 16, Acts chapter 5. We're going to see the impact of the church. And through the hands of the apostles... Many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And the multitude gathered from, around, from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Wow, interesting, isn't it? All right, so let's talk about the impact of the church. First of all, through the apostles... Many miraculous signs were done among the people. So through the apostles, through the efforts of the apostles, many miraculous signs were done. All right, so this is an amazing time. You know, the church, God is using the church. The apostles are doing these miraculous signs. The church met regularly in the temple at Solomon's porch or colonnade. Now, Just so you understand, when we say Solomon's porch, 
I don't want you to think in terms of the porch on your house, okay? We're not talking about that little bit of section with your swinging bench there. We're not talking about the porch on your house. We're actually talking about it was called Solomon's Porch or Solomon's Colonnade. It's actually a huge area that several thousand people could go in. Now, that's a porch, isn't it? Okay? So the church met in this area known as Solomon's Colonnade or Solomon's Porch where several thousand could be. And that's where they met regularly, okay, in the temple. Now, the lost, now this is what I think is interesting. The lost were afraid to meet with the church, but they held them in high regard. The lost were afraid to meet with the church, but they held them in high regard. Now let's stop for a moment. Why do you think they were afraid to meet with the church? There could be several answers here. Think about everything we've studied up to this point. Okay, that's one of them. That was just in this chapter. And the, the news of it spread outside of the church, and so people were fearful, like, you better be careful, you might drop dead with them. Do you know what I'm saying? So, okay, so fear of God might kill you, okay? Okay, Jewish leaders... Word would have gotten out. I mean, things, I mean, it's, it is a city, but the fact of the matter is, if you know the authorities are upset, they've already arrested them once, beat them, told them to quit preaching, do you think that word's gotten out? Especially when everybody goes to the temple. It happened at the temple. You think they're aware of that? So they would be afraid. I'm not going there. I'm not hanging out with those folks because they're in trouble with the law. Isn't that how we are? We do the same things, right? Okay. But here's the interesting thing. The lost were afraid to meet with the church, but they held them in high regard. So even though they were afraid to associate with the church or go check out the church, let me just stop again. We're not talking about a building. We're talking about a group of people. They held them in high regard. They had respect for them. Okay. They had respect for them. Now, I think that's interesting. How are we doing with that today? What kind of reputation does the church have today? Anybody? I see people smiling and shaking their head a little bit. I mean, what, what, what kind of reputation do we have today? Now, I'm not, it doesn't have to be our church. It could be church, period. Okay, the church shuns people who aren't in coming to church. Okay, yeah, some churches do that. Yep, that's right, Danny. Okay. Okay, so Bruce is saying 20 years ago there may have been a level of respect, okay? 20 years this side, that doesn't exist anymore because people look at church and they say, you're no different than I am. Except I get to sleep in on Sunday, on Sunday morning, okay? And in a way, we are no different in some ways, to be honest with you. Because we do do the same type of things. We do act the same way. We, we speak the same way. We, you know, our lives aren't different when they should be, okay? So as far as the church being held in high regard, now can we change that? 
That's the question I'm going to ask you. Can you change that? Okay, Bruce says yes. How many, how many of you are like with Bruce? Yeah, you say, yeah, we can change that. Okay. How many of you say no? I'm going to tell you both. Huh, how can you have both? Okay. Here's what we can change. We can change the reputation that this group of believers has in a community. Okay? We do have control over that. All right? What we can't change is what the view of Christians are in our nation. We have no control over that. Do you understand what I'm saying? What do you mean we have no control over? Folks, I'm telling you, the reputation that Christians have, how many times, aren't you sick of hearing about some preacher on TV doing something wrong? And you're like, that's not my group. I don't agree with what he's saying. Do you have any control over that? I cringe all the time. You see why I don't have any hair now? I'm like, ah, you know, you don't speak for me, you know. So yes and no. What we can do is, is have a reputation as a group of believers here, but you can't affect a greater reputation. Sometimes it's depressing, isn't it? You know, it's depressing. So the lost were afraid to meet with the church, but they held them in high regard. Here's, here's what else I want you to see. The church grew as, multitude, as a multitude of men and women believed and were added to the church. So the church grew as a multitude of men and women were added to the church. Now let me just stop for a moment. I think this is interesting. We see the church start in Acts chapter 2. We're up to Acts chapter 5. I think that if you look at Acts chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, you're going to continually see statements about the church growing. And how does it grow? People are added to it. So let me just explain something to you. Here's, here's a sign of a healthy church. A sign of a healthy church is that it's a growing church. Now, not growing like them. Do you understand? Because they grew by thousands. Different culture, different frame of reference. Okay? I mean, in fact, what was added to that day, what was added to the church in that day is more than the population of this town. Do you understand? That's not what we're talking about. But what we are talking about is that for, a, to, for like, if we look at our church, for our church to be healthy, we need to be what? Growing which means we need to be, what, adding people to the church, people coming to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? So we see the church grew as a multitude of men and people, men and women believed and were added to the church. Now, and here's the other thing, the impact of the church. Look at verse 15 and 16. The people from the surrounding area brought the sick for the apostles to heal. So, Words getting out, even though it's a practical aspect that that's happening, is that people are getting healed. In fact, I think it's amazing. They're laying people out for the Peter's shadow to pass over them. Now, it doesn't say that they get healed, but it kind of shows you the superstitious nature of the people, right? If only his shadow, you know? So 
I mean, the reality is, is that people are, 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 the church is having an impact in the area. The church is having an impact. Now, all that sounds great, right? Remember I told you there's always two responses to what God's doing? One's a positive. We've been seeing the positive. There's always a what? Negative. So look with me, verse 17 and 18. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which were of the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Okay, let me just stop for a moment. Let's just, uh, let's just say this the way we would say it here in Kerwinsville. It says, then the high priest rose up. What does that mean? Okay, well, let's, let's, here's how I would say The high priest got his back up. You ever seen somebody get their back up? He's irritated. They're not happy that this is happening, okay? And those who were with him, which were primarily from the sect of the Sadducees. Let's, so let me ask you a question. Do you remember the Sadducees? What did they not believe in? They're Jewish, but what did they not believe in specifically? They did not believe in the resurrection. That's good, uh, John and Bruce. You're right. They did not believe in the resurrection. So what is the main message that the church is preaching? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So do you see why they would be irritated by that? Okay. And people are responding to that message. So here's what I want you to see. The high priest reacted to the growth of the church with indignation. He was irritated that they were doing well. He was upset. He was mad. All right? In fact, what I just described to you is probably not even a description. Have you ever been royally ticked off? Okay, now you understand what I'm talking about here, okay? He is mad. All right? The high priest was supported by the Sadducees, who did not believe in the resurrection. So the high priest was supported by the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection. So they had the apostles arrested and put in the common prison. So they had the apostles arrested and put in the common prison. Now what in the world is a common prison? Well, what that was was basically a prison where it's not a prison where political prisoners would necessarily go, but it's a prison where the thieves would go. Do you understand what I'm saying? People who were arrested for thieving or murder or things like that. Do you understand? So they were thrown into the regular prison is what he's saying. All right? Now, look with me, verses 19 through 21. We're going to see that they get out of jail. Do you remember Monopoly? How many of you like to play Monopoly? I like playing Monopoly, okay? I like winning at Monopoly, okay? And one of the things that it happens is you get the get-out-of-jail card, you know, okay? And depending on what rules you make up, okay, with that game, some of you have the pot in the middle, some of you say it's $50 or whatever, you know, whatever you do, that, but you know the value of the get-out-of-free card. Well, they have a get-out-of-free card here, only it's a divine get-out-of-free card. So look at what happens. It is amazing. 
It blows your mind. Look at verses 19 through 21. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple, speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard it, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with, with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. Wow. All right, let's, let's see what's going on here. So first of all, during the night, an angel, of the, an angel opened the prison and brought the apostles out. So during the night, an angel, an angel of the Lord, opens the prison and brings the apostles out. All right, so let me just stop for a minute to get, first of all, technical here. Notice it says angel of the Lord. I want you to understand, when you see that phrase in the New Testament, it is referring to a regular angel. New Testament, regular angel. In the Old Testament, you will see the angel of the Lord, okay? That, my friends, is a representation of the, it is the pre-incarnate Jesus, okay? So, for instance, you'll see Gideon responding or the parents of Samson responding to seeing the angel of the Lord. They all respond, and basically they say they've seen God, why? Because it's Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, God. Now, so I don't want you to, so when you read the Old Testament, you have in your mind what the angel of the Lord is. It's God. Okay, it's Jesus, pre-incarnate Christ. When you come to the New Testament and you get to a passage like that and it says, an angel, not the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, it's talking about, in a generic sense, an angel, just an angel. It's not Jesus. Okay, so I don't want you to, View it the same way. Do you understand? You, Old Testament, view it the way the Old Testament's presenting it. New Testament, view it the way the New Testament's presenting it. Okay? So, got that tinker. During the night, here's this angel. He shows up, and he sets them loose. Now, that's miraculous, isn't it? That's your get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Okay? That's your get-out-of-jail-free card. Now, here's what is amazing to me. It's what the angel tells them to do. Now, can I be honest with you? Let's set the scene here. You're in Jerusalem. You've already been arrested once and beaten. You've already been told, do not speak this anymore. But you go ahead and keep on speaking. And God keeps blessing. Ministry keeps going. You get arrested again because the people who told you not to do it are ticked off. They throw you in jail, okay? So what are you thinking now? If it was you, and you got out. I'm getting out of Dodge, right? Isn't that normal? Normal human response, right? Okay? Look at what the angel tells them to do. The angel tells the apostles to go to the temple and tell the people the gospel. I'm letting you out of jail so you can go right back into the temple and keep on preaching. Is that radical? 
That to me is radical. What's even more radical is that they do it. Now to us it's radical that they do it, but can I tell you, it wasn't radical to them to do it, it was simply obedience. Why is this not an issue to them? Anybody got a clue? Why is this not an issue to them? They've seen the resurrected Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? God is real to these people. Do you understand what I'm saying? God, the powerful God of the universe, the ruler of the universe is real to them, more real to them than these people who are throwing them in jail. Do you understand what I'm saying? That gives you a perspective. That gives you a perspective. Now, where are we lacking today? Now, I know we don't have people coming and and opening the door and letting you out of jail, okay? You know, we don't have that kind of stuff happening today. We don't don't see the miracles necessarily. But we are lacking something that they have. What do you think it is that we're lacking? Okay, I heard a word. Faith and trust, okay. All right, that's good, Tim. Anybody else? Can I tell you? Let me tell you? Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you. So don't, why should I ask you? Okay? What we're lacking is their perspective on God. Because you can still have their perspective on God. Do you understand? See, because they believe God. Whoa, you know, George, we haven't seen what they say. Yeah, but wait a minute. I remember what Jesus said when he told Thomas, blessed are those who believe and what? Have not seen. Do do, do you understand what I'm saying? The the reality is, is that what you're seeing here is people who have a greater awe and respect of God. That's something for us to think about, okay? So the words of this life, he's telling there to go to talk about the words of this life. So the words of this life refer to the full message of the new life in Jesus Christ. So they're to go and proclaim the gospel again, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the new life that is available to him. The words of this life refers to the full message of the new life in Jesus Christ. So here, notice their obedience. I mean, we're not talking about that they waited. In the early morning, the apostles entered the temple as they had been told to do. Isn't that amazing? So they probably have just gotten released sometime in the night. So they've only got a few hours of sleep. In the early morning, they get up and they head to where? The temple. They're obedient. There's no hesitancy here. They're going to go do it. So unaware of what was happening, the high priest and the council gathered to meet together. Now this is what's radical to me. The high priest has no clue that any of this is going on. So they gather together. Okay, let's call the council together again. Let's get all the, let's get all the big shots together. We've got to decide what we're going to do with these guys. Gather them together. All the while, they have no clue that the apostles aren't in jail anymore. They're actually in the temple still preaching. Okay? Still preaching. So they sent word to the prison 
to have the apostles brought before them. I mean, he had no clue. All right, guys, I want you to go get those dudes, bring them here. That's where we're going to stop. You're going to leave us hanging? Yeah, because I want you to come back next week, okay? Stay tuned. And we're going to see that they get arrested again. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get arrested again. Isn't that radical? Isn't that radical? Stuff that movies are made of, right? You know? Stuff that movies are made of.